0: broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Joe Moss, moderator of On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. Uh, This is our weekly edition, and we only have a couple more shows to do for the year. But um, This particular one is going to be a good one. Um, As you know, this show is meant to educate small business people um, in terms of how to do better. And uh, on certain topics, uh, we talk a lot about uh, lending. We talk a lot about planning. We talk about selling. uh, But today, we've got a good show. I've got two people in the audience today. Uh, Doug Ireland's been with us before. You're the uh, founder and owner of, of Freeland Painting and Construction. Welcome back, Doug. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Good. And uh, I have a new guy, uh, Kyle Campbell, is a new client of uh, Embassy National Bank. He is the founder of uh, Giant Marketing, but uh, he also owns uh, seven Anytime Fitness franchises around Atlanta. So, Kyle, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here.
1: And. Um, We're just going to have an open kind of mic talk um, about things. Uh, When Doug, you were with us, we just talked about generally about small business and how to be successful. And uh, but why don't you give us a, a feel for what you're doing now with freelance painting?
0: So um, I opened Freeland Painting in 2009 uh, to service uh, a, a new market that I, I saw a, a need for, which was, uh, in, as you know, Joe, you're in finance. Uh, in 2009, no one was uh, building any new houses anymore, and uh, uh, lending was down, so people were staying in their homes and fixing them up. And so we took advantage of that, built the business around a residential market. And, uh, and then slowly, over uh, the last uh, five and a half years, we have branched out into some uh, managed property and, um, and commercial work. And uh, uh, hopefully soon we'll be doing some uh, new construction on the uh, commercial side.
1: Good. I'd like to talk to you about that, by the way. Good. And, um, how, and um, business good? Business is incredible.
0: We're up 50% over last year's numbers year to date. Congratulations. A lot of renovation going on. A lot of renovation, a lot of well, and a lot of lot of new stuff that we've closed new accounts uh, in managed property uh, uh, stuff for like uh, HOAs uh, and uh,
1: uh, condominiums, townhomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good, and um, Kyle, um, you've got quite a business record. Um, so tell us how you ended up owning Giant Marketing.
2: Well, it started with Anytime Fitness, of course. Uh, I've been with them for almost ten years. And with my clubs, I was doing a lot of direct mail postcards uh, with other companies, obviously. And then it was about 2009, 2010, I actually started trying giant postcards. I didn't own the company at the time, uh, but I was spending enough money, and I knew it personally worked, obviously. And so I knew it worked so much that I said, I've got to buy this company, you know, and I've got to grow this company. I've got to get anytime fitness involved as far as corporate. And uh, so that's what I did. I took... uh, you know, I, I made an offer to uh, the guy that owned Giant Postcards. And uh, I have obviously closed the uh, Anytime Fitness deal, which was huge for the company. And then I decided, you know, why am I just doing postcards? You know, we have a commercial printer. Now we actually work with printers all over the nation. So it didn't make sense for me to just print postcards. So now I print everything, door hangers, business cards, postcards, whatever it might be as far as print-related marketing. So and uh, started a company called Giant Marketing about a year ago. So I had the foundation from Giant Postcards and over this past uh, 11 or 12 months, we've built the brand that
1: is now uh, Giant Marketing. So how much, you were talking before the show, how much were you spending at your anytime fitness locations for direct mail? It was any
2: obviously seven, eight locations. Uh, I used to have nine locations, I've sold a few. And uh, so it was anywhere from fifty dollars to $60,000 a year combined.
1: And you looked at that number and thought, well, I think I need to be in this business.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I knew sense. it. I had personal experience that it works. You right. Know? And that's the best thing to sell is when you know it works, when you're sold on it, it's so easy to sell.
1: And um, you said before the show that you're going to do your 50 millionth mailer?
2: We this month we will hit fifty million
1: postcards printed, giant postcards printed. That's a big number. So I know Doug wants to know the answer to this question too, and so Doug jump in. But what is the effectiveness of third class mailing, bulk mailing, the stuff that we get in the mailbox and don't really want to look at? But you've said you've told me it's very very effective.
2: It is, and it it unfortunately it doesn't work for every single company out there, and obviously. Maybe you can tell I'm pretty honest because I, I'm not going to. There's companies out there, for instance, a doctor's office may not work for Giant Postcards, but then again, I have something else. Social media works perfect, uh, and we have a social media team. Uh, but definitely Giant Postcards is our number one thing, so we don't want to go away from that. We just want to tell the companies that haven't had the success that they want for direct mail, there's other options out there. Don't, just, don't give up on marketing. That's the worst thing you can do is not market your business.
1: Yeah, Doug, have you ever used um, bulk mailing? I haven't.
0: Before? I, I haven't. I got a buddy of mine that owns a carpet cleaning service that uh, uses it and gets great success from it, and and it's very very regular. So I think it's like three to four percent respondents. Is that about right? That's. I mean, obviously, that
2: would be amazing in the gyms. We typically say one to two percent. I was telling you that mm-hmm. yesterday, Joe.
0: I, I think he's getting three to four percent. That's amazing. It, it, that it is. really is. But he can count on it. So if he sends out a thousand postcards, he's going to get exactly uh, you know x amount of people calling back, and and he can he can predict the revenue. And so he takes zip codes and 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 uh, and splits them up by neighborhoods, and and does you know so many pieces this week, so many pieces next week, and just goes around in circles. And yeah, exactly, it what,
1: works really well. What businesses? Cater more to the direct mailing than others. Would you say fitness is the number one? Fitness obviously, is the number
2: one. Fitness is the number one. Uh, you actually get a lot of uh, insurance is a, a huge one. Carpet cleaning, the service industry is a huge part of our business. Uh, I would depend on the time of year, though. You know, some businesses. Yeah, I was ask you that because uh, I like exactly. I have a
0: painting business, and uh, I think for me the timing would be uh, springtime. Exactly. I was going to say tax returns. Yeah, tax refunds. For sure. I mean that
2: is the time for painting, uh, fencing. We have several decks, patios, exactly, and all that stuff. exactly. So all the stuff you do.
1: Yeah. So your your average cost to somebody you indicated, and this is probably after the design work, which I'm sure you negotiate on, but it's about forty five cents an item. Is that right? It depends
2: on what they want to do. If it's a strat- saturation, which is basically every home in that route. Then it's going to be your 40, 45 cents, possibly even a little bit less. Depends on what kind of specials we've got going that time. If you have a list that, for instance, a um, well, you might want to hit only new homes. Or you might want to hit... It's really what we do... Homes that are between 5 and 12 years old. Exactly. We can customize for every Hmm. single business. So what we'll do is typically we take... If uh, if there's a location, you you probably have an office, but you cater to all of Atlanta, right? Metro yes. Atlanta. So you'd be a little bit different. But in most cases, we take the business address and we'll go three to five miles out. We'll pull those demographics for you and email those to you, mm-hmm. and we'll pull a uh, we'll send you and a saturation map as well, so you can see the area. And but for your business, you would want to, let's take all of Metro Atlanta, and let's only focus to the
0: high-income homes and the high-average-income right. areas. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. You can focus it. Focus exactly. it on the demographic, uh, the target market that you're looking for. We're Gwinnett-centric uh, for the residential market. Okay. Um, but uh, for our commercial market, then we go uh, all over Metro Atlanta. But, yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's really cool. It's very, very targeted.
2: Right. Another thing that helps small businesses is our shared program.
1: That's yeah, where we can put that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we can take one person, say anytime fitness is obviously our number one client. So we can most of the time get them to take one full side of the postcard. And if you don't wanna if you don't know what I mean, just take a piece of paper, Anytime Fitness is on one side, flip it over. You actually share the backside with anywhere from two businesses up to eight businesses. And if you just want an eighth of a page, we can actually hit ten thousand homes in your area. For only two ninety nine, a lot of businesses can afford two ninety nine.
1: So you could, you could. Looks you, like I'm
0: going to have to be well, talking it sounds to Kyle like, after the after the show. Yeah, it looks like I actually like, need my basement painted. <laughs> there so. we go. There you go.
1: Actually, but there's a complimentary here because you could go with your carpet cleaner friend and say, "Hey, I'll take one side; you take the other side." Exactly. Yeah. Complimentary businesses. Mm-hmm. and then uh, see who gets the phone calls.
0: Yeah, you guys have the stats on, on what businesses complement one another too, right? We do, of course, of course. Yeah. And we actually have call
2: tracking as well, which is huge for a lot of companies. Some companies it does not uh, work. Put a
0: pseudo number on it and then track how many uh, respondents much. you get. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. that's great. I can
2: give you a 678 number, 404, whatever you want. Yeah, I actually do I that route in my right business to, right now. We, yep. uh,
0: I've got like 10 numbers. They all ring into the same place. But we kind of look at where our calls are coming in from.
2: It's perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect tracking tool. It's also a great training tool too. If you, if you have somebody answering the phones and you as the owner, you can actually go in and listen to those calls. There, mm-hmm. every call is recorded. So if you send out ten thousand postcards, you can log on to our call tracking and see, oh, I got forty-seven phone calls. And then you can go to your manager, your receptionist that's answering the phones. How many of these forty-seven did I actually close? You know, if you only closed five out of forty-seven. I would be going over each and every call and figure out why you only got right, yeah. 10% of those.
1: That's interesting. That's very cool. Um, so how we all, we've been talking. We had a big show on social media and, and Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and what do you all be doing? And, and here all of a sudden an old, true, and tried uh, method sounds to me like it's every bit as effective as some of these new things.
2: It is well. Everybody has a mailbox, and everybody checks their mail.
1: Makes sense, and you can use. So, if someone were to come to you and say, "I've got a uh, uh, a desire to do a promotion on Facebook," um, and they want to hit, say, ten thousand Facebook pages in your area, compared to ten thousand mailers, is it going to is the cost about the same?
2: No, actually. Postage is a big part of direct mail, obviously. I mean it's fifty percent, sixty percent of our cost. So you don't have that in Facebook. Obviously, everything's online. There's no postage, so that's gonna be a huge break for you. So you can actually reach twenty, thirty thousand for sometimes a few hundred dollars. It really just depends. The good thing about giant marketing is we've tested it. My social media team has tested everything in the book, especially with gyms, because I've experienced it with my personal gym. So if you're in the fitness industry, I've got a way that you can spend – well, I just did it on Black Friday. I actually proved it. I spent $200 on Facebook, and at that one location, I got 16 members. So, And 16 members might not sound like a lot, but if they all stay for a year, yeah, $500 could, a year. You also
1: mentioned uh, when we talked before was that um, – a particular Facebook ad, the way it's featured, may not be working. So you got exactly. to go back in and you change, have to it change it on the fly. So there's it. a lot more maintenance to it.
2: There is. There is. It's not just make an ad and put it out there and then the next morning get up and check it. You have to consistently. I mean, you have to be checking that. Yeah. And you know, Facebook's good. They have uh, they have stats that you can look at. Like I said, I've got a team that I would put them in contact with.
1: I, want to, I, I, I didn't want to go down this road that far, but I'm glad we did because I, every time I talk more about this whole direct mailing thing, I get more intrigued because it sounds like it's used technology to make itself more effective, even though it's using an old style based on being able to carve out uh, certain houses and incomes and age and everything else. That's true. That's
2: exactly true. And we can, we bundle it a lot of times with an email blast. So if you want to hit 10,000 homes, we can also hit 25,000, 35,000 emails in that exact area.
1: Hmm. So chances are, and that's much cheaper as well. So chances are, I'm picking up the mailbox and getting an email. Exactly. And and you've got ways to get around the spam filters. Exactly. So that can work. Um, All right, let's change. uh, Let's change subjects just a little bit. I want to talk more about uh, running the business as opposed to the detail of the business. And um, Doug, talk to us about developing strategy and what to do next with what with your with your company. How? What kind of decisions do you go through? What's your thought process? Uh, uh,
0: risk assessment. Um Making sure that we're prepared for uh, what it is that we want to do, and and I'll I'll give you a real-world example. And like I said, we started in residential, and we uh, uh, eventually. And I've always wanted residential to be a stepping stone into commercial managed property, possibly even multifamily one day. I've avoided going directly to multifamily because there's a lot of risk involved with it. Uh, I mean, my my accounts receivable go from you know, an average of 10 days to 60 days, if I do that, I, I need to be capitalized and, and be able to handle that kind of growth. And we have to grow into it step by step. So we, a few years ago, we took the step to start going into some some small commercial stuff. So we do uh, retail uh, and uh, office and light industrial repainting, mostly on the outside. Uh, because again, I've, I've avoided new construction. And when I say new construction, a lot of times that it, when you talk to anybody that's a general contractor, even if they're renovating the interior of a space, that's still pretty much what I would consider new construction. Uh, instead of having a GC in between me and the property owner or property manager, I like to work directly for a property management company or or the owner themselves. So in, 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 in that strategy, we've been able to find a niche there. And about 35% of our business is B2B. Um, just as of today, uh, we've been talking about, for the first time, uh, doing some new construction for some GCs. Well, that's a totally different animal. i got to figure out exactly how to play in their, in their playground, and what they need, um, how it's going to change my, my cost structure, which it will. Uh, and then a big thing for me is how to, how, how to bid off of plans. You know, I'm not an engineer. Um, so I called a buddy of mine that is an engineer this morning and said, hey, who can you recommend to me that can read plans and help me bid these
1: projects? How do you bid off of plans?
0: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I <laughs> I got my little measuring stick, but you know, then you got to do all the conversions. Right. And there's software out there that I could do, but that's a that's a pretty large investment. When I could uh, maybe hire someone that's more of an expert, and and, and as you know, Kyle, uh, in business, you need to hire experts that know what they're doing. Exactly. And so, uh, talk to a guy. I got an interview set up tomorrow. Uh, and and I'm hoping, uh, and I've got three potential clients. One in particular, who has said, "Look, Doug, we want to do business with you. Go get set up, learn how to bid this, learn how to uh, you know get the get the right crews." Mm-hmm. And so we're we're putting those steps together, and hopefully in a couple months we'll be rolling on that, and it'll be so a new market for me.
1: You've been a, your your company's been around since 2009. Yep. So how many times have you changed your quote, strategy since 2009?
0: I wouldn't, wouldn't say we've changed it so much as it's evolved. Yeah. And when I first started in 2009, I was willing to do anything. So if someone came and said, hey, you know, let's redo my kitchen, you know, we, we would have been willing to do it. Uh, but as things started going along, I, I, I was like, look, i got to be targeted. I want to do a few things really, really well and not everything halfway so we stuck to what the name of the company was, Painting, Freeland Painting. Um, it is 85% of my business is painting, and then uh, the, the other percentage are some things that kind of fell into our lap along the way. Some, one of my customers called and said, hey, put a new roof on my house. So I learned how to do it, and we, we figured it out. And then at some point someone said, hey, we need some siding, and we figured that out too. I've, I've actually – uh, we're, we're redoing the website right now. It'll, t- it'll take us four months to get it all done, I'm, I'm sure. But um, I've rebranded taken the logo, and uh, I've got the ability now to change the logo. So we're going to have one website that says Freeland Painting, one that says Freeland Roofing, and one that says Freeland mm-hmm. Siding. So that way we can target those markets on Facebook and social media as well. The logos look very, very identical. And so uh, – there, there'll be some synergy there and people hopefully I still have my branding in place and people see that and recognize it and trust it. Uh, if they've gotten a paint job from us, they'll come back to us for hopefully these other services. Um, and, and we've just kind of morphed as things went along, didn't really change things, but, but targeted one thing, got really good at it and then just kind of started embracing some other avenues.
1: You kept your eyes wide open and you listened to the customer for sure. Uh, what about you, Kyle? How many times since you bought these fitness uh, anytime fitnesses, and since you bought Giant postcards and marketing, um, how many times have you had to quote evolve?
2: I would have to agree. I, I would. I like those choice choice of words. Um, gosh, a lot's changed in ten years, you know. Um, That's for sure. And there's been a lot of learning, learning curve with uh, Giant marketing. I mean, we are. We we want to take it slow because, just like you said, we don't want to—we do offer a lot of products, but it's as simple as—I mean, we have commercial presses everywhere from—anywhere from, you know, 20 to 40-inch presses. So it's, it's, um, it's very easy for us to do pretty much anything print. And then I found a, a banner vendor that I use that I get all my banners from now. And obviously, I'm still printing 90% of my postcards right here in Norcross, Georgia. And um, so, I mean, giant marketing has evolved tremendously. I mean, obviously, it started from giant postcards, just sending out postcards, working mm-hmm. with, you know, 100 local businesses to what it is today, you know, offering everything marketing wise. Um, but the gyms, on the other hand, haven't as much, but. Anytime Fitness has, obviously. I mean, in 2006, when I got into Anytime Fitness, I think our first club was, we were number around about 400 franchise. Now there's over, there's 2,600 clubs open, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to say over 3,000 franchises. Yeah, but sold, even, so. when you
1: were, even when you were talking about getting space from us, I know just in that three- or four-month time frame during that build-out, you added a couple of products. Um, we have added a lot add over a the years. Added a couple of services because of what you saw people wanting and uh, and the people that came into the gym. You had to change some of your time frames around in, ter- in terms of, of uh, getting focused with, with what the customer, when they wanted to be there. So uh, I just saw in the first four months of you being over there, it just seemed like it went from one kind of business into another.
2: We did add several different things. Uh, we added Fitness on Request, which is uh, your video uh, group fitness, just in- just to offer classes 24-7. Mm-hmm. You can go in six is Anytime Fitness and take a class at 2 a.m. if you want. You know, obviously you're there by yourself, but a 120-inch screen pops down and you take whatever class you want. That was something that we added, you're right, about four months after we opened. Right, uh, But we did find that a lot of a lot of the members still wanted that live instructor. So we actually took a step back and we said, let's do everything the same way we have always done it, and so we went back and we added, and sure enough, our group fitness classes there are just as popular as they are where we don't have a fitness on request machine. So, but it's still a great option, and we have five locations in Cherokee County. So, if anybody wants to take a class at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m., they know where to go. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, let's talk about another important item. We always come back to this, and um, it, it has to do with the customer. Um, Doug, how do you, how do I ask this question? Do you try to frame a customer? Do you try to, what do you, what kind of, what what do you go through to try to understand a customer? Do you focus the project to the customer or do you try to make the customer focus to the way you want to deliver it? How do you do that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There's a, a mild amount of both of those things occurring at the same time. Of course, we want our customers to have an experience that's unlike any other. And we want them to feel like they're the only customer we have, the, the, the we're working for, uh, at the time that we're doing business with them. Um, but at the same time, sometimes customers want things that are a little unrealistic and we have to coach them on how the product, uh, and the service works. Uh, and we try to accommodate the request as we can. Oh, and sometimes you got to say, mm, I'm sorry, that's not how we do things. um, and, and here's why. It's in your best interest. I had, had a guy call me uh, yesterday afternoon and said he wanted to. And this will. I'm going to get into the technical stuff, but on on lap siding, he wanted to caulk the joint underneath each side, each piece of siding. And we said no. And he said, Why not? And I said, Well, because you're going to create a maintenance nightmare. And I said, How much do you want to pay me to do that? I mean, first of all, it's going to cost you more money. And but but I mean, offer me thousands of dollars i'm still going to tell you i don't want your money i don't want to do it it's not the right thing to do he said really and i was like yeah i wouldn't do that to my house and once we got through and explained to him why he he was on board with it i it mean I, seem I, I, me I that if,
1: it seemed to me that it, it just it would sound to me like it used to be downright ugly if you see that caulk on the bottom of each pan
0: uh, siding it, it wouldn't be ugly when it's first caulked right 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 but when they start when those caulk joints start splitting right and you look up at a house you know you can see the underneath side of each one of those he said, "Well, there's some gaps there right now." I said, "Yes, but they're all consistent. Right. There's gaps underneath each one. So, uh, you know, let's just not do that. Let's let's skip that all together. Um, yeah, so that that, that occurs, and some, and sometimes we uh, we have to educate people on uh, those things that, that you know help us get our job done as okay. well.
1: Well, talk about um, uh, Kyle. Talk about the uh, managing the customer in your business. Every project's got to be different." It is, In definitely. In some
2: respects, right? It is. And that's why we do custom, custom demographic reports for each location, if they have a location. If they don't have a location, we can still run demographic reports and give them the high-income areas or the high home values, you know, and not the new homes. Because you said you didn't want construction, new construction. Obviously, right, it sure. doesn't make any sense to advertise those guys. So we'd take those out. And um, homes that are 10 years old have need painting. Exactly, exactly. So you want to hit the neighborhoods that are 10 years old, the sure. whole the whole neighborhood, the whole route. So don't hit a uh don't hit a route that has, you know, 600 new homes going up in yeah. the past year or, or whatever. So yes, we do. We definitely customize every single order. And like I said earlier, every product we offer isn't right for every single business out there. There's there's a lot of businesses that direct mail works fantastic for. And then there's other businesses that you know, it just doesn't get the word out. You know, you need to, it might be like a product that you have to show. So TV is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Or obviously in store, but postcards aren't going to work for those. So,
1: yeah, but I guess just along that line, I mean, that's kind of where you're counseling the customer to keep them from making a mistake.
2: Exactly. And I have to agree right. with Doug. I, I will pass up a deal if somebody offered me. $10,000, and I know for a fact it's not going to work for them, I will pass on that deal and I will talk to them and, and explain why I'm going to pass on it. And hopefully the, the honesty, you know, there's a lot of people out there that'll just take your money and, and do, a, do an okay job. Or uh, there's a lot of companies out there, unfortunately, that'll, that'll take your money and, uh, and mail out 100,000 postcards, even though they know. Exactly, exactly. We've been doing it long enough. We know what works. So if you want to do something, and we recommend not doing that, we're going to recommend stuff to do that we know works. So I mean, there's social media, there's email blast, there's postcards, there's tons of ways out there to get...
0: Your name. See, you're n- you're not just printing cards and mailing them for people. You're providing a service of, of a marketing service. Exactly. And if they want that, they can go down to Kinkos, print the stuff out themselves, and slap some third, ra- you know, put put it all together, go exactly. down to the post office and get their uh, uh, get the postage cheap enough, and they could do it on their own. But what they're paying you to do is to uh, offer them advice on the, on the targeting of it, and I'm sure you do the design work too. Exactly. Yes. So I, and and that's the thing. If they're coming in your door, they 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 need to listen to your expertise on that, or they should at least. And so part of that, like what I was saying before, is it's going to be uh, what you can offer to them, and also what they need, and tailor fitting that. There's a little give and take on both sides.
1: Well, and and and, and if you look at the the talk to the banker in the room, um, people come to us and want to pay a certain amount of price for a certain property, and they want to get a loan on it. You know, I could try to sell that, but a lot of times we'll look at it and say, Yeah, Joe, I
0: want 2% on a loan right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, it's just, you know, (laughs) I had a guy yesterday. He said, well, I heard somebody in Arkansas got a 4% interest rate. Well, I said that's... Moved to Arkansas. (laughs) 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 Here's the phone. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of times I'll tell our loan officers that, uh, you know, sometimes the best help that we can be is to keep somebody from getting into real trouble.
2: Exactly. So they yeah. keep coming back. Yeah. That's that's my thing, is I want you as a life uh, client. You know, I don't want yeah. one-time clients, just like your business. Yeah, I
0: want your neighbors and your friends and the, everyone you go exactly. to church, church with to exactly. know that we're the company that you need to call. I'm never, ever in it for the one customer. I'm always uh, considering the fact that this customer can turn into five or six and will return.
1: Same here. All right, well, now let's talk about uh, the, your the the... The, the folks that you have that help you in your business, the, the people. Um, they're right up there with customers. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're equally as important. So, so, Doug, how do you transfer your passion for the customer, et cetera? How do you transfer that over to your folks, and how do you make sure that everybody is of like mind?
0: Uh, the folks that work for me? Yes. Um, I have it, – first of all, it's trial and error. No one taught me in school – Or anywhere else, how to be an entrepreneur. You kind of just learn it. Uh, And this is the plight of the entrepreneur. You got to make a few mistakes. Uh, I always tell my folks uh, that are working for me, I I, I want you to go out and make some mistakes. And I always use the analogy that when you learned how to ride a bike, you skinned your knees up a few times. Uh, It it has to happen. And we learn our best lessons from those mistakes. So I encourage my, my guys to, to not be afraid of mistakes. You know, a mistake made in an effort to do the right thing is different from a mistake made uh, uh, in an effort to avoid working. Mm-hmm. Now, those folks get weeded out. I, I, I don't have any tolerance for that kind of mistake, the, 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 the screw-ups that come with incompetence uh, and, and that nature of, of, of business. But, uh, but folks that, are out, uh, that work for me that are out trying to do it, well, we encourage it. We slap them on the back and say, "Hey, you learned what not to do next time, right?"
1: Yeah, but do you, on a monthly basis or every couple of months, you get everybody in a room and say, "Here's our values." Or do yeah, you, do absolutely. You, or do you just just do that through osmosis of who you are? <laughs> we uh, we do a
0: once a month company wide meeting, uh, team meeting, and I do once a week sales meeting with my sales team. And, uh, the, the sales meeting is a, is a encouragement. Like, come on, let's get out there. Let's, let's keep the, uh, you know, keep everybody motivated, keep everybody positive. Let's talk about, I asked, uh, uh, actually we had a team meeting this morning and I asked everybody to go around the room and tell me something positive that happened in the last month and something negative that happened. And it doesn't have to be about business. You'll, you'd be surprised The one guy last month said, uh, my project manager, he said, well, I got a puppy. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> But what we're doing is we're getting out on the table in front of everybody, our value systems. We learn a little bit about each other, what motivates us, what, what demotivates us, and how we can learn to work together.
1: Okay. So, and,
0: and I see that, that, that team aspect of things as, as what's going to drive our business. Because if I can't, and, and you just said, how do I tell the story? Uh, I, I try to tell the story of my business all the time. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a meeting coming up, a uh, Christmas party in uh, next, next weekend. And I've got the original brush that I used to take the picture of my first logo. And I'm going to have it framed. And I'm going to pull that out and, sh- and go through the story of how Freeland Painting came to be, why the name is what it is. And, 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 and when you do that, when you tell the story of the company, you get buy-in, I think, from your people. And they, they're not just working a job. They're working for uh, something that, that has greater purpose.
1: Kyle, what strategies do you use to to convey the message, keep everybody moving, weed out the people that aren't on the team? How do you do all that? What are some of the things you do? Because I would suspect in the gym business, it's pretty tough. I mean, um, a lot of um, a lot of nefarious folks end up being fitness instructors, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> The the companies are completely different. Obviously, with the gyms, it is tough. The turnover is obviously more at the gyms than it is with Giant Marketing. Most of my people at Giant Marketing, they've been with us for years, and uh, most of the people with the gyms, it's different. The instructors, they've been with us for years. Uh, they're most of the time they're stay-at-home moms or, you know, women that just need a something to do or make some extra money or something like that. So those they have stuck around. And a lot of our trainers have stuck around because they build value. They build the uh, the rapport with the clients and stuff like that. The the managers and the salespeople, those are probably the hardest to keep around. Although right now I can't complain. I mean, I have an awesome team and it's perfect timing going into the, the New Year's rush. So with giant marketing, though, giant marketing is such a... Yes, it's uh, almost six years old as far as uh, giant postcards, but giant marketing is basically a you know, I don't want to call it a startup because we're far from a startup, but we're offering so many new products and bringing, we've brought several people on this year. We've tripled our team and I plan to triple our team again by this time next year, Uh, whether that be hiring new graphic artists or social media help or salespeople. I mean, I've brought on six new salespeople this year, a couple graphic artists. And the biggest thing that I do with well, with both companies, is there's two things that I always go off of. Number one, I want to find out what they're best at. I might hire somebody, and two months down the road, six months down the road, I might feel like this is not right for this person. But I give them something else, and they ace it. They're mm-hmm. perfect at it. And then sometimes I hire somebody, and then a week later I give them something else. And I, I do this more and more nowadays. I'll give someone brand new a couple different jobs – to find out exactly what they're best at, but the second thing is, I want them to do what they love because if you do what you love, if you're a salesperson and you love it, you're going to sell ten times more. If you're a graphic artist and you love it, your design's going to come out in that, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and the the other thing I would say, stay positive. You know, I I hate and I hate to use that word, but negative thoughts and negative vibes they just they don't work in any business you know so i i try to get those out i tell every single employee if it's at the gym or if it's at giant marketing if you're negative i'll send people home for the day Mm -hmm. just for for being negative you know yeah
1: negative is poisonous it is it is negativity is poisonous then there's a word in our family that i just i just banned from our household even when my kids were just little and now they're now they're all grown, but the word c a n apostrophe t I
0: knew that's what you' were going to say
1: that word is not allowed in my house, and it's not in their vocabulary and and um boy, if you can come across with that mindset um, and you convey that to other people uh it can be very powerful, very powerful um, let's talk about uh we're talking about the people we've talked about customers we've talked about people and um I want to get back to um, um, the whole concept of uh, numbers, since I'm a banker. Um, And by the way, you're listening to On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank. And this is uh, Joe Moss. And uh, I'm having a good time today. I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a good time. Um, Numbers. Doug, how important are numbers?
0: Oh, my gosh. Off the chart. Key. Key. If you don't know your numbers, you're just flying blindly. David- it's amazing how many small businesses just fly blindly like that. I, I, and I liken it to, like, like they toss a bunch of receipts in a shoebox. And at the end of the year, they, they try to figure out how much they owe in taxes and if, if they were profitable. I, I don't get that.
1: Makes How no often do you look at the numbers? Every single day. Twice Every or three s- times a day. Yeah, absolutely. Every and, single day, twice, three times a day.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, not, not, you know, maybe today once, maybe tomorrow three times. But I pour through the different charts the that, and the graphs. I don't know if you use QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks. And there's a lot of different uh, reports that you can get out of. But I'm, I'm looking at trends. I'm looking at what, you know, and I, I, I compare it to last year at this time. Uh, or, or two years ago at this time, and look how look how we're trending up. You know, in, in my business, you'll see a big spike in the summer and then back down in the winter, and it goes up and down. But then if you spread it out over five years, you see this upward trend like this, even with those ups and downs. So it, looking at it in different ways, you, you get different information out of it.
1: Plus, it's very motivating when you see those numbers, right? Oh, yeah, It absolutely. can make a tough day a whole lot better if you say, you know what, it's been a tough day, but look at, Look at what I'm doing here.
0: Uh, nothing, no, nothing cures the blues like a sale.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, um, now, Kyle, you do something a little different. I mean, in your business, it's kind of project oriented. So, tell me about your your uh, what, how you handle numbers.
2: Numbers are key with us, obviously, and uh, demographics. You know, numbers. Uh, I mean, that's that's every single whether it's emails or social media, how many people you want to hit or direct mail, how many how many homes you want to hit. So numbers are key. And obviously, you want to make sure your profit margins there, you know, we're all in business to make money. And so you've so numbers are huge in any business. So if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your true cost. you you might as well, you might as well just shut the
1: doors. Now you you do something by project, right? We do exactly. So you can tell me on any project that comes in whether you've made money or not. Exactly. Yeah, it's a pain, and you. We do too, Doug. You're yeah, and so it's kind of the a pain in the butt to ask employees to allocate their time, right?
0: Uh, uh, are you doing it by time? I don't do it by time. When I, when I look at project numbers, I'm looking at costs.
1: Okay, what about allocation of time, uh, of people, and and that type of thing? I
0: have a production column
2: because every every job doesn't matter what it is. It took five minutes or five hours, so there is a production cost, and so my marketing manager or my my production manager, my operations director, they have, they have their time and, and say, just for easy math, say I pay them 20 bucks an hour. You know, so if they've got one hour into it, I put $20 in that column. You cannot forget about your labor because obviously, you know, if you want to make money, that's, that's where a lot of businesses go wrong. They, they'll come up with their costs, whether it's a restaurant or, or parts or paint or whatever it is, but they'll forget about the labor.
0: Right.
2: Well, or or, I mean, they just consider it a fixed
0: cost. Apparently, that's true too. And
2: sometimes jobs go over, and sometimes jobs are
0: shorter. Obviously, yeah. We we try. So so the labor that I use on my jobs specifically is uh, uh, independent contracted uh, labor. So um, that is really easy to to put. So they get that. No matter whether the job goes ten hours or twenty hours, yeah, so So that's uh, perfect. Exactly. Well, it's also a good motivator for them to get the job done. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, So, but so we're still looking at the labor uh, for each job, the labor and the materials. Uh, What I don't do is like attach marketing costs to my uh, variable costs like that. So You so, see what I'm saying? So, so when, I, when I'm tracking job costs, I'm, tra- I'm tracking uh, what it took as a variable cost to, uh, uh, to create that business. Had I not sold that job, I still got to pay for the phones and the, and the rent a- a- at the office and all that stuff. So that's, yeah. that's fixed. So I, But I try to put everything that I think is a variable cost onto those jobs.
1: All right. I want to talk about one thing before we summarize. I can't believe the time's on us. But um, I want to talk about fear do you have any fear?
0: Sure. Absolutely.
1: How do you conquer it? Or do
0: you? Uh, it's a good motivator. I, I mean, it's always there. It's always under the surface. There's always the fear that, it, it, you know, the phone's going to stop ringing. I, I'm, I'm going into my slow season right now. And every single winter, I have this fear that, you know, the, 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 the phone has slowed down. Uh, we're out there marketing, but, you know, who's going to call us? And then every spring... Right around Easter, the phone just starts ringing off the hook. So that's
1: when you go in your QuickBooks and look at all that, and say— I do. I right. try to calm me
0: <laughs> down as much as possible, but you know, there's always that fear. I lost a business back in 2009, um, so I, I know real, real fear when it comes to that, and 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 that's that's that's. I think that's helped me be a better business person. I, I understand. The true meaning of cash flow nowadays more so than I did back mm-hmm. in two thousand six seven eight and nine uh, when I was you know we were killing it back then in, in that business that I had so much that I had I had toys I had a Harley had all these things that, and, and debt and expenses that I shouldn't have had and and when the rug gets pulled out from under you you really either you either grow and learn from it or you you know shrivel up and, and die
1: you know we'll have another a sh- a complete show. Dedicated toward, uh, just call it remaking your life. But uh, and and what's what's really important? Because I've been through a similar experience with than you, Doug. Um, (laughs) So I can feel what you went through. Um, Kyle, talk to me about fear. Do you have? Do you fear? Well, how do you how do you use it? How do you conquer it? How do you handle it? I would say my number one fear with
2: Giant Marketing, unfortunately, is the post office. You know, it is definitely. Once I get to that local post office in your city, whether it's Atlanta, New York, LA, wherever it is, it's out of my hands. I can call that post office. I can talk to that manager, but it's still, it's out of my hands. I can't be in every post office across the country. So, you know, I would say that's my biggest fear because it has happened. And we've, we've taken care of our customer, even though it, it may not be our fault because we know we take care of that customer this time they will come back to well, us Well, ask I mean, I mean, you When so. you bought
1: your first Anytime Fitness, did you, um, did you have the fear of, oh, my God, this may not work? <laughs> there's, uh, being an
2: entrepreneur, I mean, I think you, uh, there's always a little bit of fear. But me, I'm, 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 I was wired a little bit different. You know, yeah, I, I knew too. when I was you know, 17 years old yeah. I was going to own my own business somehow. I didn't know what it was going to be. It took me working at Gold's Gym and knowing that uh I like the fitness business. I like talking to members every day. You know, I like numbers and I like so I just um I I was a little uh there was a little bit of fear there, but no,
1: more uh it was more exciting than than fearful. Yeah. It is exciting. I mean, every time we talk about uh putting on new people and whether the revenue's going to come in to justify the people, that's something that I I fear because I'm you know, I'm bringing somebody in and asking them to dedicate their life to this. And, you know, I, I don't want to be the one that says, hey, it hasn't been successful. I'm going to disrupt your life again, you know. Um, so that's, that's the thing that kind of makes me wonder every once in a while is, but I really want to be sure that I'm going to be successful with this um, because I'm asking other people to kind of put their, put their heart and soul behind it.
2: Every one of our clients has a, a bit of fear. You know, is this? Am I going to spend this three, four, five thousand dollars and get the return I want? Am I going to get it back? Exactly. Yeah. So we have to talk to, and that's why we customize every single client mm-hmm. because you know some things don't work for other businesses.
1: All right, Doug, you have a minute to summarize. Say something profound here in the last minute. Profound, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow man, I'm not normally stumped.
0: That's that's crazy. Profound uh word of word of wisdom. Word of wisdom uh for the day. I'm normally so full of those uh one liners too. I, I already did my bicycle and skin knees thing. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have
1: to think about Kyle, why don't you answer that one? <laughs> I'm going to go on record and say that I stumped Doug Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not normally all right, me. Kyle. You give us a minute here of just uh, words of wisdom.
2: My thing is uh, never give up, you know, and, and don't don't fold to the fear, you know. Don't uh, don't be afraid to, to take that step. Uh, obviously, it takes it takes money, you know. Call Joe; he'll he'll give you a loan probably. So
1: I'll do my best. Either um, I'll counsel you one way or the other. But
2: yeah, just just don't be afraid. That's that's my thing, you know. Take take that step, because there's so many people out there that would be great entrepreneurs. They're just afraid to take that first step. So if they just if they talk to somebody about it, they might have they might be sitting on a million dollar idea, a billion dollar idea. They just you know some people are just afraid to to talk to people. So I would say, you know, definitely don't be afraid to uh, to take that step and stay
1: positive. Stay positive. All right you Okay. Up, Doug.
0: Well, in in that line of thinking, uh, sometimes those things that uh, that you're the, the endeavors that you're trying to go after seem too big, and uh, and I like to the metaphor of uh, how do you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. Absolutely. And so, um, for me, getting back on the horse after uh, a catastrophic loss in 2000, actually the the loss came in 2007 and eight, uh, and getting back on the horse in 2009 was uh, there's a lot of fear uh um but we did it we did it again my wife and i and we said we we know we've got this in us uh we've learned a lot we're going to try again and so and and my advice to someone trying to start up a a new business right now would be exactly the same thing take a bite yep and
1: keep taking a bite keep moving toward it all right um doug tell everybody uh phone number email how they can get in touch with you freeland painting uh Located
0: in Suwannee, servicing all of Gwinnett residentially and all of Metro Atlanta. If you're a property management company or an owner, and you need some retail or uh, multifamily work, uh, managed property work. Um, 678-679-3126 On the web at uh, www.freelandpainting.com, and uh, send us a, send us an email at customer service at freelandpainting.com,
1: and we will hook you up. There you go. All right, Kyle. Where can they, where can people get in touch with you for all this bulk mailing you're going to do for them? Well, the uh,
2: the Anytime Fitnesses obviously go to anytimefitness.com, but Giant Marketing, real easy. Giant dot marketing. There's no .dot com or .dot net or anything like that. Just giant dot marketing. And our phone number, office phone number in Lawrenceville six seven eight three four five or three five four. Sorry, o three six one. And that is not a call tracking number, so you won't be recorded.
0: Okay. That's the coolest web address. Giant dot marketing. I want to get one freeland.painting. I wonder if
1: that exists. Well, you I'll check one. on that for you. You need one that says Freeland that is too cool. Freeland.painting, Freeland.roofing, Freeland. Siding. Siding. There You'd you go. be surprised how many there are out there. And Freeland.basements too. <laughs> man caves. How about that? Freeland. I like that. <laughs> I like it too. I think man caves are Neat, and I think they're the next big thing that's. I've we all need at least one. Oh my gosh,
2: that's what I need you to paint. Yeah, oh my gosh, at least one. Come to my house after this. Very cool, man.
1: Anyway, okay, everybody. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you guys, Doug, Kyle. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. We'll do it again, uh, three or four months, let a little uh, water go under the bridge, and then we'll have some more exciting things to talk about. But, um, uh, another. I think one more show or one more show between now and the end of the year. Um but I just uh uh it's been real been a lot of fun today and I really appreciate everybody's support out there. We've had uh how many shows have we had now, Mike? Put Mike on the now spot. Now you putting me on the spot. You've done You've been doing this for what, six months now. Yeah, six months. Yeah. So you've got about maybe twenty-five shows yeah. in the can. Yeah, and uh, we've had. And they're all available on iTunes. anybody wants to go check them out, they're on iTunes. iTunes, and if you add up all the really? stats, you'll we've have had, to tell me how to get that. We've had probably over a thousand people download our shows. You saw the number. Your, You're a numbers guy. You saw them last week. Yeah. Congratulations,
0: um, Joe. That's I really was, cool. I
1: was really. I, that was pretty interesting, and we really haven't even done much of it, uh, anything with it as a bank yet. Um, that just comes from all the different customers. Snap to it, Joe. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I'm convinced anytime that you help somebody, it's contagious. And uh, maybe that is the message of the day. It's all about helping the other person and uh, forget about yourself and help somebody else be successful. So, um, anyway, have a great week. We'll see you next time. This is uh, On the Money brought to you by Joe Moss, sponsored by Embassy National Bank. And as we always say, Be careful out there.